All right, everyone. Hope everyone had a good week and welcome to Review the News, episode 67. A uh, lot to talk about tonight. Uh, of course, the Ukraine is number one on everybody's list. Uh, President Barack Obama is the only person with Ukraine uh, with wow with COVID in the country. Um, U.S. consulate was bombed in Iraq. Baseball is back. MTG is a nut job. And uh, Gary, today's daylight savings. What is more pointless than daylight savings? NATO. <laughs> I, I got into some I got into with somebody on our Twitter account and they said uh, they said I was a loser and, and nobody listened to our podcast. And I always know that's not true because my mom always texts me after she listens to the show. So someone does listen to our 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 podcast. And that was a mean tweet. And I that's found mean, that ironic yeah. because that person was not a Trump supporter. So. Yeah. I was like, no more mean tweets from you, sir. Man, um, I missed the mean tweet. I'll tell you that. I'll what tell a, you what. What good does name calling do? I just don't get it. I don't know. I was called a dumbass. I just said, I just suggested. You said a loser. I just suggested that this gentleman not maybe comment on politics because his take was absolutely a dumpster fire. And because he on his bio, he goes, I like to comment on Chicago sports. I was like, well, maybe you should just stick with Chicago sports, bro. Although those takes are probably terrible, too. But I don't really care about Chicago sports. So whatever. Chicago have any good teams? Not really. Is Chicago a city? <laughs> I mean, does that? Uh, and I, I should. I wish Thomas was here. I could make fun of We could make fun of Chicago. He's a Chicago well, guy. Well, I was going to say that. At least um, since we're talking about our 1980s and 1990s foreign policy, hey, yeah. well, let's just go back to that for the Chicago Bulls. That's what I would say. Right. No, I would, I would not say that. I would not say that as a long-suffering Nick fan. I would not. <laughs> um, definitely don't want to go back to that. Uh, so, yeah, where do, where, where do we want to start tonight? We want to just kind of, I guess uh, – I, I will. Oh, let me let me say that's the stupid thing because I've been saying it to you guys all week. The because uh, I think it's significant. Uh, the uh, the Russian the mega Russian um, vodka brand Stolchnaya is um, how is it worded? Rebranding themselves to distance themselves from the Ukraine. I think that's a big deal. I mean, I guess the it's, guy who started that <laughs> is like had has always been a Putin. Uh, you know. Uh, always been uh spoke out against Putin and even got exiled from the country years ago or something like that. Yeah. Well, they all those oligarchs out of uh, Russia have uh, usually have another citizenship for another country, and it's Todd's favorite country. They usually have another citizenship with, so they. I'm sure that guy's probably one of them. I'm, I don't know, um, but uh, I'm sure he's not really worried about his billions. They're safe in the Middle East. Um, <laughs> but uh you mean he's smarter than a uh owner of a premier league football club where do you think he's gonna bring all his money what passport do you think he holds an israeli passport he's fine i think the, the slovatska or uh, Stolznaya Stolznaya. Guy is, is uh i think that's uh lithuania i think he lives so then what does he care then what does he care if he's a lithuanian he's not he's he got he got exiled 
from his from his um from talking shit about Putin all these years. They all do that. Kordakovsky, all those guys. But you know what? They that's because they were robbing the country blind and Putin uh, put the screws to them. So um, again, Lux- like Luxembourg. again, I, I hate, I hate, I hate the fact that um, I hate the fact that I have to come on the show and I sound like a Putin apologist or I have to defend Putin. But it's like what I don't like, um, especially in the last, you know, uh, I guess couple of weeks since the Ukraine, like this, this idea, like this one, one way traffic. Um, that all these people that I have to pretend all these people are honorable and just because they're anti-Putin. And then at the same time, I have to pretend that Vladimir Putin is, is literally the worst person on the planet. And I have to sit here week in and week out and not defend the guy, not like Vladimir Putin needs me to defend him, but it's like, let's, let's have like real talk. Let's have real conversations. And like this idea that Zelensky is a hero and Putin is an evildoer. Um, you know, I just find that a stretch. I just do. And so that's where I don't want it to be misconstrued, you know, week after week, but like, I, I just find it, um, I just find it like some of this stuff just to be absolutely ridiculous. Here's the other thing. You talk about the Stolchnaya thing. You've got Roman Abramovich, who owns Chelsea Football Club. Todd and I were going back and forth with some of the just the oddball stories. Um, so, so, of course, the U.K. sanctions him. And because he owns the team and has access to the team's bank accounts, the team can't pay their players anymore. So it's like, it's like you've got – You've got, I don't know how many people work at Chelsea, maybe 500. Let's say 500 people work at Chelsea. They're regular British or English people or whatever they are. And they live in London and they go to work every day. And the guy either, you know, cuts the grass or he, uh, you know, changes the light bulbs out, right? You got maintenance people, all this stuff. And because Roman Abramovich is, Abramovich is associated with Putin, right? Even though they knew this, 30 years ago when he showed up in England. Uh, now they're going to make sure that the guy who's fixing the toilets at Chelsea football club can't get a paycheck. I mean, I, I get that nobody really cares about the players because they make millions and millions of dollars or pounds or whatever. But the idea that you're, you're going to punish Roman Abramovich for a relationship that he has with somebody. And then now you're going to be morally, you, you, you're going to be this virtuous and moral person um, because Roman Abramovich maybe made money during the Putin regime or was like related or had some sort of relationship with Putin. Um, now you're going to suspend and kick Roman Abramovich off um, uh, his own football club in England. It's, it's just absurd. It's just absurd on its face because what is it? Guilt by association. You're just, everyone's guilty now. Everybody. I mean, that we have that in this country when it comes to like the racial stuff, right? It's like, you're just guilty. You're just, well, you're just guilty, but Roman Abramovich, I haven't seen, it's not like he's like sending, right. It's not like they have a picture of him writing a check to Putin. So Putin can buy 10,000 tanks. Okay. I mean, that'd be a little different. You'd, you'd have, you'd have some just cause there, but, um, like, that's what I don't like about this whole thing. That's why I think it's a total propaganda thing. And when I hear people just bite a hook, line, and sinker into this, 
we have to defend Ukraine. Like, I, I just, I don't, um, it's just maybe the skeptic in me, the fact that, you know, being overseas a couple times myself and seeing it firsthand, um, the, and then just what has happened within the last couple of years. I mean, I, I just, nobody questions this stuff. It's just, I don't know. Well, my, my take is, quite frankly, uh, and Trump said this a couple of times, um, Trump has said if, uh, that he told Putin when he was in office, don't detect, don't bomb Ukraine or I'll bomb Moscow. And Putin believed him and didn't do anything. And people wonder why nothing happened under Trump when you have a strong American leader. The Hold Russian- on. Hold on. Let me pause you there. Let me just yep. pause you there. And I have to interject this. I don't think Trump and maybe I'm wrong. I'd have to go back and check, but I don't think Trump was pushing for the Ukraine to be in NATO as hard as they are now. I think that also is part and parcel, right? If I, if I remember correctly, and Trump still wound up giving the Ukrainians a ton of military aid, even after that whole fiasco. But I want to say that Trump wasn't pushing for the NATO thing, which is probably also why Putin laid off a little bit. But go on, Todd. Well, I'm not sure how much he was pushing on NATO. That's a good question. I'm not sure the answer to that. But my point is that if you have a strong American leader that um, that Putin, if not if not respect or at least fears or he's basically doesn't he's unpredictable. That deters um, things like this from happening. Look, it's not just Putin. Right now, we've got missiles being launched you know, from Iran. We've got like basically everybody that doesn't like the U.S. is doing their thing because they don't respect who is in the White House. That is my overarching sentiment about all of this. I'd like to add that. To- you have said that repeatedly, Todd. To your credit. I'd like to add too that as Iran is launching, well, okay, let's uh, let's dial this back here now. Uh, allegedly, I don't know if Iran has Iran claimed the the attack as their own. No, so we can just okay. say uh, bombs went off in Iraq. That's all. We so can allegedly, say. Uh, the Iranians fired missiles into Erbil at the U.S. consulate. Now, if that is true, the irony of it is Joe Biden and his team are trying to give them nuclear capabilities and purchase oil from them right now because they put an oil embargo on Russia. So what a slap in the face that is that Joe Biden is trying to give these guys nuclear capabilities. Right. And of course, it's, it's only for peaceful energy because the Iranians totally, you know, they're going to when. when I mean, that, that, that's the other thing. That's, that's where, and I'm going to digress for a second. That's the other crazy, this is like people not understanding. This, this is how you under, get that these people have never, like, bought a bag of weed on the street. You know, like, like they think, they think and, I, and this is what I mean by that. Like, everybody has a story about buying a bag of weed on the street where they've gotten beaten for a bag of weed, right? They've bought never, oregano. That never, ha- that never happened to me. Yeah, okay. They've gotten Harry's oregano. Mom. 
or they've gotten parsley, right? And and like, let's be real. Um, may, maybe it hasn't happened to a lot, but it happens to people, right? And in this particular setting, you learn like when you make a deal sometimes, if you're dealing with nefarious or people who are of unsavory character, that they're not going to necessarily, and I would throw the United States into this as well. Um, the deal is only as good as if both sides respect each other from a power perspective. You go in and you tell us that Iran is only going to develop um, peaceful nuclear uh, capabilities and that they're not going to develop a bomb. Um, they're not going to do all of these things with this nuclear technology that you're going to give them access to, basically. They're going to use it to run their amusement parks. I'm sure. I'm sure. Power their homes. Um, which we can't, we're not allowed to build nuclear power plants here, but we're going to, well, we're going to let the Iranians build nuclear power plants to power their houses. Cause that also makes a lot of sense too. But the point is this, is that you, they're like, well, we're going to go in and the Iranians are going to let us inspect. And I was like, yeah, I remember how good those inspections went down in Iraq. Gary, is right? it, wasn't it an inspection that, um, wasn't it a surprise inspection that set off the uh, Chernobyl reactor? I no, it I was. thought it was a test. It was. was it a surprise inspection? What's the difference? A test or an inspection? Well, the isn't inspection it, is, is they're saying inspection? they're saying that the inspection would be like outside, like uh, like the I what is it, the IAEA or whatever, right? The International Atom Atomic uh, Committee or whatever, whatever it is, would go in and make sure that Iran wasn't developing. And it's like, bro, you're making nuclear material. You're telling me these people aren't smart enough to fucking do it in a way where they could scrape some off and, and, and move. So, I mean, I'm sure someone would be like, no, Gary, actually, you know, you can't when you're developing uh, civilian use stuff. Okay. I doubt it, though. I, I, I would say that if you can provide this technology and they're able to use this technology to develop peaceful, why wouldn't you develop militarily? That's the end state. They've made it perfectly clear. And, and again, the Biden administration is sitting there and they're going to just be like, uh, okay, we're going to give you, again, we're going to do the JCPOA, which is the Iran deal. We're going to bring the Iran deal back and we're going to buy oil from you because uh, we got all this oil embargo on Russia. And then they launch missiles at our consulate. It's just hilarious. And, you know, there was another guy um, that, was talking about China taking Taiwan. There's a guy I follow on Twitter. He's a pretty famous guy. He's on a lot of shows. He's done foreign policy. His name is Edward Lutvak. And um, he made this point of, he was like, oh, basically how NATO and the NATO countries respond and how the Ukraine has, you know, they basically how the NATO country, countries responded to Russia's invasion in Ukraine by pulling all their businesses and their business interests out of Russia, you know, really raises warnings to the Chinese. And I'm like, I know this guy's got like 80 years of foreign policy on me, but I'm just like, I don't think so, dude, because we don't, we don't build anything in Russia. So who cares? Like nobody has anything in Russia other than the Europeans who've totally emasculated themselves and cut their balls off 
from their own energy production because there's tons of oil off Norway. There's tons of oil in off Aberdeen in Scotland. There's lots of energy resources that the Europeans could use. They could go nuclear. Um, Germany just closed one of their nuke plants down. They could burn coal for the time being, but they're, they're all held hostage by the green weenies and they cut them, they, they cut their balls off and they have to import all that Russian gas. And that's why they're beholden to Russia. Um, and so this idea that China is worried about us, you think all these companies that, that have production in China are going to pull out as easily as they did from Russia. I don't think so. You're going to tell me all these, all these companies that manufacture products in China are going to say, oh, we stand with the Taiwanese and we're going to leave China. It's like, yeah, right. The, we, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, and during COVID, people were talking about this all the time. China makes like 90% of our pharmaceuticals and the other 10% is made in India. So what, what, what are you going to, uh, you're going to say, Hey, China, you can't invade Taiwan. China's like, guess what, bro? We're not making your medicine anymore. Where are you going to make your medicine? That's why we need to be independent in every way possible. The supply chain should not be connected to China. Like we right. do now. But, I, but I'm just saying, like, I kind of find it confusing that a guy who's done foreign policy for 80 years thinks that the Chinese are afraid that companies are going to pull out of China if they invade Taiwan. That's like, that's, 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 that's why we get, that's why we get fullest full foreign policy and they're supposed to be experts. Oh, by the way, I forgot one thing. North Korea tested two inter, intercontinental continental ballistic missiles too. So that's, that's great. And I, yeah. I'm on the West Coast, so I'm kind of concerned about that. Well, they they said it clearly. They're like, there's absolute need. They like, you see what the international world did to Russia by like pulling out and doing all these things, uh, pulling all the companies out and all the money out and freezing their banking and all that stuff. They're like, we absolutely need nuclear weapons. So yeah, we're we're we've managed to whatever fragile piece was kind of cobbled together in the international community. And I mean, I don't even know if there really was international peace because you had Iraq and Afghanistan going for 20 years. But for the most part, you didn't have major powers at each other's throats. Um, you didn't have a major power invade another European country. Um, it seems like this is falling apart pretty quick. <laughs> it seems like there's going to be a a remaking of the world order pretty quick here so um i mean i look i hate to say this i know i've said this in the last couple episodes but when uh i said this year was going to be everybody thought we were going to come out of covid and everything was going to be honky dory. And I told everyone this, I was like, I hate to be the black bill, but this, this year is going to be by far worse than any year in the last couple of years here, including COVID. So, um, this is why you're not going to like this gear, but you, you can ignore the middle East. You can say it's not my problem, but if North Korea is going to start having nuclear weapons, trying to, whether they, where, where they can actually threaten us, somebody's going to take the fight here, and we're not going to be able to ignore it at some point. But 
and we have two and a half years of this administration and I don't think they're learning anything. They're not learning any lessons and our adversaries are getting stronger and more bold and it's not good. You know what? You know what's going to be funny? I'm going to laugh. Gas is going to keep Biden. going up. I'm going to laugh. Joe Biden. I'm going to laugh when Joe Biden gets reelected. You think well, he'll be alive? I mean, the, the thing about it is, one thing about it is, in wartime, presidents do get a bump. Now, I don't think he's going to get that big of a bump. His approval rating is the worst in history. It's not going to 81, million, 81 million votes, Neil. What's going to stop 81 million people what's coming his, out and vote? vote what's his approval again? rating right now? Neil, that stuff, here's the thing, Neil, that stuff doesn't matter anymore. When so you can, they, when you, so why when do you they can have do, these numbers? Because it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's too, it's red meat for the people who follow that nonsense. It's meaningless. And I'll tell you why. You can have one campaign event. You have all these, you have 12 people stand in circles while you talk at a car dealership and you get 81 million votes, bro. Yeah. So that's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. So um, th- to think that Joe Biden not getting reelected is, ri- is ridiculous. That's ridiculous because Joe Biden, I could see Joe Biden. I could see, yeah, they're going to lose. Con- I could see them lose, possibly lose Congress, lose the Senate, right? And he's off your elections. But come, if Joe Biden's alive, which, you know, if they put his cyborg battery in and he's still ticking, right? He, he's going to run for press. He's going to win again. Well, I, I would I would actually think maybe a Hillary Clinton would do it before him, but no, I think I think he'd win again. And here's the thing: you just take Ukraine for for instance, and look at how fast all these Republicans were able were are jumping in on the bandwagon so that they can get some good press. I mean, it's sick. It's like the press kills Republicans all the time. But any chance a Republican can get, even if it means killing people in their own party, so that someone writes something nice about them in the New York Times, they do it. And this is the Ukraine that you look at Mitt Romney and the Ukraine thing. You look at um, who are some of these other idiot Republicans uh, supporting this adventure um, or supporting the Biden, Liz Cheney. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. Uh, but here we are, and they're going. You know, you've got a, a pretty sizable portion of the Republican Party supporting Biden right now. So why wouldn't Biden get reelected? All those people are going to. You got Lin- the Lindsey Graham's of the world talking about assassinating Putin. It's like, what is going on? Uh, and 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 there's like zero control. In the Republican Party, like there is the messaging is just like out of control. It's out of control. Well, I I mean, there's no leadership at all. When there's a leadership vacuum, there's nobody steering the ship. Normally, the president would steer the ship. We don't have that right now. So anyone's going to do whatever they think. Quite frankly, I, I mean, I think Biden's been too timid. That's my, that, to me, that's my problem. Every, every time Putin says boo, he says, oh, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. Don't worry about it. And that 
makes Putin more emboldened. So, you know, you just, again, if, it, if the empty suit, if Putin or another leader uh, that wants to do what they want, uh, this is their time and they know it. And it's just, it's unfortunate and there's not much we can do. It's just regular American citizens, so. We have Zelensky out there today asking NATO to, to do the no-fly zone, to get directly involved. Well, and you know they're not going to do that. You know that. Well, <laughs> he's, he's really asking for it. He, he really, he needs, to sur- he needs to surrender to Putin and just end it. Just end this, okay? No, we're not gonna. No, no, we, yeah, he's not gonna. Uh, he so he's just gonna to keep getting. He's just gonna keep getting his people killed. Because Putin's gonna win. They're gonna win. The Russians are gonna win. I would agree with you because no one else is doing anything. So, but but yeah, I mean, Gary, any leader that you've admired in history, they don't surrender. I, I people don't. People are not admired for surrendering. So Robert, it's, Robert, e, Robert E. Lee surrendered at the Appomattox Courthouse. And when he surrendered, he instructed um, during this, this process and also through his communications and stuff, he basically said, when, the, when we surrender, and there was one more field, there was Joseph Johnston was still in the field, right? He surrendered his forces. And then at the end, towards the end, when they started, everybody started surrendering. Robert E. Lee was like, look, we we're surrendering. It's over. We don't want, we don't want an insurgency. Right. Cause guys, cause you had guys like Mosby who were like, Hey bro, I'll keep fighting. He goes, I'll keep fighting. I'll live in the Hills. I'll fight these union guys all day. And Lee was like, no, like once, once, once this is it, this is it. And and that, I mean, that's the tragedy is why part of like Lee and all of those, you know, statues of those guys get torn down because people don't understand how important they were. Like Robert E. Lee was like enough, enough of the death and don't. And once we surrender, like, look, they won. We will negotiate. We'll, you know, we'll get back to being Americans. You know, the question is settled. Um. And I, I admire that greatly because that in itself took a lot of courage. And there was tons of people who would have stayed in the field. As a matter of fact, a lot of Native American uh, Confederate supporters stayed in the field till 18, till, till like mid to late 1866. I think the last Confederate army was to surrender was a Native American army, uh, Native American allies with the Confederacy. Not to do a those, whole history lesson. sons of bitches. Not to do a whole history lesson on, on the Confederacy and the Civil War. But you bring up a good point, Todd. You're like, hey, most of it. And it's like, that's that's not necessarily true. Sometimes you got to know, in the words of, of Kenny Rogers, right? You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Well, I'm, um, I'm just going to have to ask you. If you had lived during the World War II time, would you want Churchill to surrender? When he was the only one, when America was not in the war, and the UK and well, everyone, it looked bleak and all that stuff, would you have wanted him to take that same strategy as an American, just as a, as a general person, you know, as an American, absolutely. And why, that would why, have been the wrong decision. That would have been the wrong decision. Says who? 
uh, we won World War II. So, so uh, you know, we're not speaking cost. German. Ah, uh, that's passe. Like, not not to get into a whole World War II, but like that's the only war everybody anyone ever talks about. It's so it's so lame. It's lame. The World War II comparisons are lame. Um, look, we didn't get involved Why? because, because again, it's a, it, people don't understand the real dynamics of the United States involvement in World War II. It wasn't that uh, we just rushed into, into World War II. Americans. Oh, I, I, Indian, know, I know. And, what... Well, I, I, okay. Well, Neil asked the question. I'm going to answer it. Okay. So. Americans didn't rush headlong. It's the same thing with World War One. Americans absolutely did not want to be involved in the European. Yeah, people had sympathies. Like I sympathize for the Ukrainians that are getting killed and stuff. Absolutely. Right. But I do not want to be involved in that. Okay. The whole point of the United States is that people left Europe to get away from that shit. Not for us to come here, have families here, and then go back and get involved in that thing. That is like the antithesis of the concept of this country. Like it, it doesn't even make any, it, to me, it, I, I know I keep saying like repeating myself, but it's like, I, I, I can't wrap my head around some of this stuff sometimes because that's the whole point of the United States was to get away from that shit. So like, like when it took, when people talk about world war two, it took the, the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor in 41 to get us involved, even though FDR who was one of the worst presidents and one of the biggest tyrants in the history of the United States was trying to get us involved from jump. And then meanwhile, his whole state department is infiltrated by Soviet and communist sympathizers. So we're towing the line. We're giving Stalin all this material, all this intellectual property. And the Russians are out there murdering uh, Eastern Europeans there, they were. We were giving them aid when the Soviet Union was still allied to Adolf Hitler. Okay, the United States, because FDR was a turd. All right, and that's plain and simple. And that's why we got involved because all these all these great big brain thinkers who want to have this big worldwide, you know, interconnected planet, uh, want to get us involved in all this stuff when the regular average American doesn't want to get involved. I mean, you look at it today. You look at the Ukraine today, the only people talking about us is us because we're wonky, right? We're political wonks, all right? And, you know, your pundit class in D.C. and your D.C.ites and your politicians because uh, nobody else wants to get involved with this. Your guy working, you know, for 15 bucks an hour right now who has to pay $5 a, a, a gallon of gas does not give a shit about the Ukraine. He's worried about feeding his family. He's worried about getting back and forth to work, Okay. And he doesn't care if if Putin conquers Paris and his gas goes to a dollar fifty, then he'll root for Putin. If Zelensky becomes the king of Moscow and his gas goes to the dollar fifty, he'll root for Zelensky. And I agree with that guy, a hundred percent. Like I don't give a shit. And the reality is, is it's not about Zelensky and Putin with our inflation and the uh, um um the gas prices it's our own government that did it to us and it's the fact that they keep spending trillions and trillions of dollars and anyone else and i know i'm going long-winded here and i'm going to digress again for a second but anyone who says 
that when we got when people got those 3,800 first off, I wasn't a big fan, and I'm still not a big fan, but let's set the record straight. People who got those checks, right, it was like $500 billion spent for 120 million people, all right? Don't tell me that people getting those $1,200 checks are the reason why we have runaway inflation now and high gas prices. That's complete nonsense. That's $500 billion, okay? Nothing. After the trillion, the what? What have they spent up to almost six trillion now? And all these packages, Infra, uh, they did a one point two trillion infrastructure package package that hasn't done any infrastructure. So th- this idea that they're going to blame us again, the people, they blame us, they blame us for not supporting Zelensky in the Ukraine, and they're blaming Putin for high gas prices, and it's and it's and it's uh, bullshit, plain and simple. Anyway. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna respond. You're, you're <laughs> right about World War II. Uh, we basically we were we were in the war without being in the war until the uh, bombing of Pearl Harbor. We did everything we could behind the scenes. We gave them land lease. We gave them um, all of this material and everything. So we were basically involved in the war, even more so than we are right now. People think we're involved right now. It was even much more so. Uh, in World War II, but um, but again, there are there were better deterrents, and we're talking about things that happened in the past. But there were better deterrents than just not caring about it now. If we had been strong, and had Putin had somebody to deal with that was actually had a backbone, he wouldn't have done this. And you. You know that Gary peace through strength that works, but we haven't had that, and it's only taken what 14 months for all this to be uh, be shown. And you're probably right about the election. Uh, quite frankly, uh, people just care about what's going on here. Uh, I will say, if there's still big inflation and all this is going, if we have a recession, that's not going to help. Um, Biden right uh, at all. And that's what he's actually afraid of is the, the domestic qualities going haywire. Um, but, uh, but he's still wanting to, uh, just sticking to the Green New Deal. He's still saying that he, we need to, his version of energy independence is the, for everyone to buy an electric car. Yeah. Uh, it, it, let, let, them eat, let them eat cake. Yeah, it takes... $60,000 plus to buy an electric car. The average American can't do that. And the Democrats are trying to sell it like that. And you're right about the hashtag Putin price hike. That's not, That's so stupid. Uh, the, the only problem is uh, people don't watch politics like we do. Like I basically um, am keeping track of this all the time now. Uh, but most people aren't. So, you know, they're trying to well, past this uh, inflation and everything going wrong on Putin, that's not the that's not correct. But they're trying to get away with it. So, let me ask. Uh, let's ask Neil. Neil, you're in deep blue uh, East Coast. Uh, you uh, live amongst the shit libs. Uh, what's what's Neil. the cons- what's the consensus when you're out and about? I mean, are they? Uh, is everyone pro Ukraine? They want uh, Putin to die because their gas is going up, or Personally, to, to be really honest, I, 
I'm not out and about really. Um, but um, <laughs> for me personally, I just get the to me. It, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but gas is gas is so through the roof. But um, well, all right. Let me say this. So yes, people are very Ukraine sy- sympathetic around here. I guess I would say I, I am too. Um, but gas. What I don't understand about the gas. Wait, hold on. Let me stop. That, let me stop you there, Neil. Like you, Ukraine sympathetic, but are they ready to like? Is are and I guess no one would just come out and, and divulge this to you, but I mean, is your sense that Ukraine sympathetic to the point where they want U.S. troops in the Ukraine to stop the Russians? Oh, like the word sympathy, like they feel bad. Right. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, fair, oh I, that's and terrible. I, and I do too. I mean, I do yeah. too. Yeah. What I don't understand about the gas prices, because that's really where you hit your wallet. That's really what affects everything, right? There isn't a supply issue, so it's just it's just Wall Street hiking up the price of gas. What is it? There is no supply issue in the war. It's, the, it's we're not drilling. We're not uh, pipelines are not being built. Uh, leases um, for drilling are not being. Uh, well, the, the uh, administration says there are nine thousand. Uh, right, but not being used. But really, what what it is is regulation and the rig tape is making it so that uh, people can't get these things passed. And the uh, Wall Street. Um, are trying to be so uh, woke and so uh, green that they're uh, discouraging the drilling. And, right, uh, but that's not that that didn't change the the price of gas in the past two weeks, though. Yeah, but wait, it was wait, when wait, the war hold started. On. Let, hold on, now it was going up before. Neil, Neil it you was going up you, before then. You traded. You traded oil futures, right? That's what you used to do. You used to I trade worked, oil. I worked. I worked for a company that traded oil. I was not a trader, no. Okay, but you worked for a company that traded oil futures. Yes. Now, the price, I, I would assume that if today, let's say no war or any war, right? Now, just correct me, correct me where I'm wrong. So today, I'm, sit, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm buying oil the future okay and i get i open up my newspaper or I, I turn on the tv or i go on the interwebs and joe biden the president of the united states basically is saying i'm i'm going to start putting a policy in place where i make it harder for you know i'm going to start putting restrictions on either not only pumping or district or right uh, no i know but that didn't but, just that was that was a year and a half ago right Right. But this is this is to me, it's just an acceleration of the fact that you're going to be removed. So now if I'm if I'm an oil trader and Joe Biden, when he got elected, basically one of his campaigns was like, we're getting rid of fossil fuels, period. He's walking around. There's that famous thing. He's like down by the water where he's like walking around. He's like, I'm getting rid of fossil fuels, period. Okay, then he gets elected. All right. So I'm already going to be like, all right, we need to jack the price of oil up and get as much money as we can make as much money as we can now before it all goes away. Okay. And now you're going to tell me you're going to have one of the world's major producers go offline. Okay. Then I'm going to shoot through the roof, the price of oil. I mean, that, that, unless I'm just not seeing this correctly, but Oil because tanked on are, Friday, so I think maybe it'll go back down because oil had like the biggest loss it's it's had ever. I think, it, I think that's how it was said. 
they shot right back. Well, what's down. it at a barrel? What's it at a barrel right now? So I don't I don't know how long it takes for that to translate to the pump. Uh, I thought there was like a six month lead. That's what I, I that's what I read somewhere. What the hell do I know? Um, but uh, you know, here's the thing. I I remember like basically based on Biden's um, campaign promises that he was getting rid of oil and oil started going up the minute the guy was installed. Um, you know, I watched it go up from, it was like two fifteen, and people were saying, Oh, well, nobody was buying gas during COVID and stuff like that. It's like not where I was. The roads were still pretty full. Um, American crude's trading at $106 a gallon right now. Down three about. and a half dollars today. Yeah, and the irony is, is that's that's the general oil price for everyone. So anyone who is buying Russian oil, which I think the Europeans still are, I don't know if they're officially removed themselves from Russian oil. Um, no, they're still buying it. The UK said they would ban it, but everyone else is still buying it. Right. So they're basically funding the Russian military right now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like, oh, dude, you can't. That's like when we did the Louisiana purchase. We 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 part we purchased Louisiana. Napoleon took that money and plowed it into his army. And here's the irony of it: that the Bering Bank of London did the transaction. So they so a bank in London who Napoleon was fighting with. So Napoleon was fighting against the English. He made this land deal with us so he could get some money for to raise money, more money for France. And at the same time, a bank in England got a cut of the deal. So <laughs> it's like... I didn't know that. Wow. I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bering Bank negotiated the... 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 Um, the deal for the Louisiana person. But yeah, it's, I always laugh at stuff. It's just funny. It's just funny because uh, as much as people want to disconnect, they can't because of their own stupid policies. They they, they didn't think Russia was going to do anything. So yeah, wait, see, we thought we were in a new world order. We were, we we would never have to worry about a World War Three or anything of the like. And, you know, so it's like everyone's one world. We're all great. We're all getting along. But once uh, that's not the case, you see what happens. That's why you need to be independent. Each country should be as independent as possible. But that's not the, uh, that's not the case. And especially the United States. We have the ability to be independent more so than any other country in the world. And we should be as much as possible. And um, Yeah, but Todd, how do you say that? And at the same time, you're like, you know, advocating we get involved in all these, you know, these conflicts with the Ukraine. It's like, bro, I agree with, I agree with the statement you just said, but how at the same time, in the next breath, you're going to turn around and be like, well, NATO needs to do this or... World War II, that you know, it's no, like I will. I didn't say anything about NATO. What I would have wanted would have, I would have wanted a president that had a backbone that would have said, No, you're not gonna, you're not gonna invade anybody because we have new. But Todd, why, why do we care? Why do we care? 
If we're look at just go go through your line of thought. If we're self-sufficient and we're independent energy-wise and food-wise and all this other stuff, then who cares what somebody's doing 3,000 miles away? Like who cares? Like tell me, tell me why if we're independent and have those sufficiencies, which I agree with you. I think we it's like I don't know why we don't. I mean, we would be in a much stronger position to have your view. We're in, we're not in the position to have your view right now. Right, but but my point is, is why would a strong president? Let's say that hypothetically we were there. Why would a president involve themselves in what's happening in Ukraine and Russia? If we're energy independent, self sufficient, like why would we care that Russia is going into the Ukraine? The funny thing is, I don't think there would have been a lot of difference between Trump and Biden on this point. I really actually don't. The only difference is Trump would have said, um, well, I'll use my nukes on Russia if they get out of hand. But I don't think he would have actually done anything. And I don't think anything would have happened. That's, I, think the that's tr- the I, I think Trump, to be honest with you, I think Trump would have dragged the Ukrainians to the negotiation table and said, you're going to sit down and work a deal with the Russians that's and, no, true. Yeah. and nobody's leaving the room until a deal is made. You're probably right. I, I could, yeah, I could see. Right. I could. I could see him. And look, I don't like the guy. I think he's a sleazeball. Um, but, Trump. No, but I think uh, one thing can be said: he is a deal maker, and he is a good broker. He's good at what he does. I could see him sending Jared. He would send Jared over there, right? And Jared would cover all the angles. I could see Jared Kushner being flown over there as the Ukraine-Russia special peace envoy. And he would, he would basically tell Jared, hey, get these two knuckleheads to iron out a deal. And that would be the end of it. But to your point, I don't even know if this would even have came to a head like this. But I'm saying if it did, or if it got close to this and Trump was in office, Trump's Trump's flying there. And that was and that was the other thing that people used to get pissed off about. That's why they were never going to let him have have peaceful relations with North Korea. They were never going to let Trump do. They were never going to give Trump a win like that. But if if Kushner can go and get the Abraham Accords done, why wouldn't you send him to Russia and Ukraine? I agree with that. I agree with that. And it's just too bad we're not there. Uh, It's just. Because who, who do you send now? You send Anthony Blinken over. You, they sent Kamala Harris over there, okay? She's laughing when they're talking about Ukrainian refugees. She oh, doesn't my, know. My grandmother hates that. She hates the cackle. She hates the laugh. You should hear her. Yeah. <laughs> she, then she's in, I think she's with the president of Moldova. And... Uh, what if she doesn't know if she's in the North Bank or the East Bank or the West Bank? Um, you know, she, Kamal is a complete disaster, a, a complete idiot. Who do you send over? You just sent the vice president over. Like, that's the other thing. Like you sent the vice president over. Once she completely gaffed herself into oblivion, okay, now who are you going to send over there that has any respect? There is none. There is none. I mean... I mean, quite frankly, she was not a, she was not prepared for the question that the Polish president, and uh, it was a laughingstock. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm doing my Kamala cackle right now, but nobody can see what I'm seeing. <laughs> um, I, I think it's just, it, it is strange that, um, I just find it so odd that she's so incompetent, yet she's so high. She's so far ahead. Like she, well, nobody she wouldn't even go to the border. Wouldn't she? She wouldn't even go to the Mexican border, but she's going to Ukraine during a war. Am I to understand that correctly? Well, I mean, the thing about it is, she it's I mean, everyone's saying behind the scenes she does not do her homework. She doesn't know. She doesn't want to know about foreign policy. That's what I've been hearing. So. And that's, uh, but, but how is that? Oh, wait, but how is that? I I just find that I find that to be so so interesting. I I really do. I I don't understand how that woman who obviously is so incompetent. She's so incompetent. Yet she every time she's run for office, she's won. I mean, she was a senator. She was a, uh, and like people are like. I mean, think about it. At some point, she was a senator in California, and someone went to her and was like, you should be the president. You should be the president of the United States. I mean, when she ran for president of the United States, it's like someone said to her, this would be a good idea. And it's like, what the? Welcome to California. Yeah, but it's, it's deeper than that because all these people are idiots. It's so much deeper than that. It's like, I feel like there's... You know, and it used to be this used to be said all the time, and I thought it was stupid then. But it, it, it's like I really feel like there's two different countries. There's two different realities. There's like the reality that the DC class lives in, and then there's a reality everybody else lives in. But it's like I'm forced to live in their reality, um, and and I just I don't understand. Like I don't understand. I it's like. Um, it's hard for me to com- it's hard for me to comprehend. I mean, I'm not a very smart person to begin with, but like I I just don't when you see Kamala talk and act, and it's like, how could anyone think that this person is an intelligent person? Right? I mean, it, it it's not. We've all been around people who are extremely smart or at least extremely smart in one thing in their life, right? And when they talk about that one thing, you're just completely full, you're like, wow. And then they can show you. And they can take something apart and they can put it together, where, whether it's a philosophical concept, whether it's a, a, a piece of machinery, right? We all know what intelligence, super intelligence look like. But you can, you're telling me that this woman is a leader, yet she just, like, if what you're saying is true, that she doesn't want to know anything about foreign policy, what do you think she's going to do as a president? It's not just about, like, making us learn about CRT every day. You know, I mean, there's going to be other issues in the world. Quite frankly, and this is going to be something no one gets, but this is the real life TV show that show Veep uh, on a, from HBO. I mean, basically what I'm saying is she wants the office and none of the responsibility. And welcome to identity politics, unfortunately. That's, that's why, that's the answer to why she gets the votes at least in California, but I will say she was the first one to have to drop out of the primary when she ran for president. So, um, but you know, it's she'll, I mean, if, 
if she had to run for president, she would get more votes than you may want because of uh, those other factors. But as far as any gravitas or anything like that, no. It's, hey, did you guys know that the Yankees traded Gary Sanchez? Good. Oh. He stunk. Yeah. What? 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 I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just got this notification. Yeah, they just traded Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to Minnesota. Wow. Okay. Okay, then. Gary, that's a huge deal trading him away. There was a lot of time and a lot of money invested in him. See, and this is why, this is why, well, no, that's a perfect example right there. Perfect example right there. Why Ukraine is fucking nothing. All right. Uh, See, I've been waiting to say this. When a when a peaceful, uh, functional society and world is going, we can worry about sports. That's that's the greatest thing, you know. When we don't have anything to worry about, yeah. But people argue people, about the Russell Wilson trade in Seattle or anything look, else. Look, that's, look, that's what happens. Here, here's the thing. Guess guess what, Todd? That's what most Americans want to talk about. Most Americans were more worried about whether or not baseball was going to get played this year than if Zelensky is going to be alive in two weeks. It's just plain and simple. And that's why I think it's, I think I'm not, I think the sports ball thing is an issue because it's been culturally taken over by the left and they use the sports to push their bullshit now. And that's a whole nother topic for another show. But People still like people are going to be talking about March Madness. They're going to be talking about us. Nobody, nobody cares about Zelensky. And then you're going to turn around and what? You're going to you're going to get us involved in a war when people don't want anything to do. Look, again, I go back to the Afghanistan pullout, uh, Iraq. This administration is going to have a very difficult time, especially if they wind up doing something stupid like doing a no-fly zone or getting involved with some sort of NATO thing um, to get the American public motivated to go and fight in the Ukraine, okay? Because it's, it's exactly Neil encapsulated America. A fucking catcher who nobody gives a shit about gets traded to a team that nobody gives a shit about and there you go. That's, I mean, that's, that's it right there. I, I mean, and I, it's like, again, I'm not, uh, like I've said on uh, plenty of times, I don't poo poo sports. I like, I like sports. I like, I like watching comp, you know, competition. I mean, I wouldn't say nobody gives a shit, Gary. You're talking about multi billion dollar entertainment. I'm sorry to say this, but you're the one that said they don't want to pay attention to it, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. But you can't say that when you just said that, what you just said. And I think you're right about Wait. what you just said. What are you talking about? You spent a year saying, I don't care about sports, blah, 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 for, for various reasons. Well, no, I'm saying, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, well, me on a personal level, but I'm saying, like, when I say nobody gives a, a shit about the cat, right? It's like, in the grand scheme of the whole world, right, the world's on fire. Most people, if you ask the Ukrainian right now how they felt about the Gary Sanchez catch trading. Who? Yeah, exactly. If you ask a guy in, in China in, 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 uh, as they go back into lockdown because there's another Omicron Delta uh, uh, ultra variant uh, where they're shutting down the cities in China again, if they feel about how they feel about the Gary Sanchez deal, who, who, right? So, 
again, it's a good and a, it's a good and a, like I said, the bad thing is like the, the cultural perspective about how sports have been completely hijacked. But like in in essence, it's a good thing, right? Because most Americans, they're like, we don't, we're not involved. We don't care. I rather, I'm more worried about what Gary Sanchez is going to at what where he's going to bat in the order in the Minnesota lineup than if Zelensky's going to survive in Kiev. And I wonder what Gary Sanchez has to say about the whole, you know, war in the Ukraine. Well, he's only lived in the United States for 20 years and he still can't speak English. So we'd have to get an interpreter to ask him. So, and I would say one more thing about that. The reason why I sent all those links to you about um, the Chelsea situation was because that became a big issue, even though really it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But there's millions of people across the world that care about whether Chelsea can sell or buy players. Yeah, no, I, I no, I look, I, I, I agree. I think the Chelsea thing is a little bit more dynamic because there is a relationship between Abramovich and Putin, right? There is, there is something there. But my point is, is that most Americans, again, were more concerned about the uh, the strike, uh, looking forward to March Madness. Uh, all these things, again, that encapsulate our day-to-day um, and all of the domestic issues that I've mentioned in the previous shows that we have going on here in politics, if you're even worried about politics. Most people are worried about politics that are happening you know, locally. And, and so that's where um, I think we get kind of ginned up about the Ukraine thing. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I think, I think that's why like Zelensky screwed. Anyone who listens to the West's, um, you know, that's why my heart goes out really to the Polish people, because the Polish people hate the Russians so blindly that they're willing to forget that the West has screwed them over like a million times just so they can find themselves in the same situation over and over again. But like all those countries on the periphery with Russia, like they need to figure it out. They need to do it on their own. They can't wait for us. They can't wait for NATO. They can't hope that the United States might do something or show up or do a sanction or something. Um, and that goes with the rest of the world too. Um, and, and, and again, like, I mean, it was perfect time. I don't know if Neil meant to do that on purpose, but that's perfect time. It's like, that's really the concern is what's, what is happening here in the United States. No, nobody cares. And my gas prices and your gas prices. Like I said, people, if Zelensky needs to be the King of Moscow, people want Zelensky to be the King of Moscow. If they want Putin to take over Paris, Putin to take over Paris. They don't care. They don't care. That's why it's going to be a hard sell. That's why they want the war. The politicians want the war because to, to what Todd said earlier, you get a bump, you get points, you get, you know, people see you doing something, right? But at the same time, there's not much they can do because they fired all their bullets with the sanctions and everything else. And the next step is to uh, take it, to the next level, which is, you know, you know, you're talking about the, the, the physicality of it, the, the physical presence. Um, and our politicians, they, there, there's no support for that. None, none of this country, none that I see. Yeah. You got people hashtagging and tweeting and Facebooking and all this stuff, but who cares? Well, there's, there's more support than what you, I mean, you are probably, probably the least concerned about it. I think, uh, there are people that are more concerned than you, I believe. 
Yeah, Pete, the people who are concerned about it are watching Fox News 24-7 or CNN 24-7, and that's what they're pumping into their their tiny little idiot brains. It's probably and you and me. I care about it quite a bit. You don't care about it much at all. So it's probably why. Like, okay, all right. Well, here's a great here's a great quote. Why? Why do you care about it? What do you think's gonna happen? Because I've well, always I've always thought that Russia was never like uh, peaceful like the Russian bear like they're they're nice cuddly I never thought that and I'm like so your your thinking has never changed since the fall of the Soviet Union you've never well in 2012 when Obama said to Romney during the presidential debate um the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back I was like well that's my foreign policy and Right now, that's the foreign policy. We're we're in a Russia again. Quite frankly, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, quite frankly, there's this access between China and Russia, and um, you know, it came out today. Russia asked for China's help, so I can see a, an ally style allies versus the Axis coming back in a different form. Yeah, I. I... I saw the I saw that article too. I questioned the veracity of it. I didn't read it, but I didn't read it. I didn't read it. So I'm not I'm not saying it's not true. Even if it wasn't true, true, I do believe that China asked Russia not to invade until the Olympics were over. So I, I well, believe they sure you know sure. And you know, here's the other thing no one's talking about. The Indians, India hasn't done anything. India's still getting weapons from Russia, they're still importing all this stuff from Russia, they're still exporting to Russia. Okay. Tech support, and India was uh, India was supposed to be very close. I thought India was getting very close with the United States. We we bring all these Indians on H one B visas over here, and you know we we treat the Indians very well. And uh, you know, boy, another slap in the face of the Biden administration. Um, so, you know, look, I. I I question a lot of the articles coming out that Putin's mad, that they're losing, that Putin is, you know, broke, that Putin is desperate for this. It's desperate for that, because within a day or two, the articles have been debunked. I mean, it's it's just crap. Um, so I, I look again, I'm not saying that he didn't ask the Chinese. I'm just saying I, I want to go back and read the article, but I'd be curious as to. Um, you know where they get that? They tell they're also telling us right now, like that Russians don't support the war. That's not true at all. He's got a seventy-one percent approval rating, and that yeah, was done by didn't let anybody know what's going on in the real world. Oh come so, on! What do you think? Oh come on, Todd! Come you on, think Todd! These, you think you think Russian people don't have like are are, are like uh, like uh, cloistered in in inside the Kremlin? I mean, well, maybe a twenty-year-old, maybe not. But I mean, if you're fifty years old, you. you I mean, he makes you, he lets you know what he wants you to know. I, I mean, yeah, he's got the iron thumb. He's got the iron fist on that. Yeah, sure. How would you, how, how do you know that? How would you know that? How would you know that? That's his style. He wants to be another Russian czar. Yeah. So, That's oh, so you're saying, so, so you're saying media content is controlled in, in, in Russia. Is that what you're saying? That he has a part of controlling content media. Well, yes, of course he. Okay, he so so it's so like it's Ted like Turner. Google, 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's like Google changing results on the search engine here in the United States. Mark Zuckerberg not throwing in hundreds of millions of dollars into an election. Sure, we have our own problems with that, sure. But they're not the, uh, they're not the uh, president or the uh, whatever you want to call Putin right now. But yeah. So our, me- our, our media doesn't lie to us? Oh, of have to- course they do. Of course they okay. do. Okay, so what's the difference between us and Russia? At least we have competing views. He just shut down the only competing view that they had in the bit media just last week. So did Zelensky. That's what I've heard before. I do not know that, but uh, that's what I've heard before from Tucker. So, so Zelensky had arrested all the opposition journalists too. Yeah. It, well, I mean, we've always said Ukraine, quite frankly, they had their problems. I, I like Kennedy's stands on that Ukraine had their problems. He always talked about corruption, but they were a sovereign country. I agree. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I mean, Canada has their issues too, but if they're attacked, I would be concerned. <laughs> so, you know. No one's attacking our colony in the north. We don't have to worry about that. Um, no, I just look again, I think you should be, I mean, my only concern about what you say is I just don't know if people who share your same thoughts are critical enough of where this information is coming from and where, and, and, and who is purveying this information and for what ends. Right. Again, I, I don't like, I don't sit here as a Putin apologist. Like, I don't, I don't want Russia to, you know, I don't want Russia to take us over. You know, I'm not like, you know, Putin needs, you know, we need to be more like Russia here. No, I I don't. But at the same time, like, I don't want to spend American blood and treasure on number one. I don't want, I don't feel like we should be spending American blood and treasure propping up our allies because all that does is enrich the military industrial complex. I just don't. Well, the blood, I don't think you're going to have to worry about because we're not getting involved. There's no way in the world when Biden was saying, remember folks, if we get involved in World War III, when he whispered into the microphone, he's not going to do that. He made that pretty clear. Okay, so then again, my point is if the president has already said we're not going to get involved, then let's just move on. How he's doing it matters to me. And that's not, I don't agree with that part. So. So what would, okay. What would you, what would you do? What would you do I've right already now? Said what I what already do, do. I already said what I would have done. It would, it would have been completely different to the Biden administration. So, you know, I mean. It's, Freedom costs a buck oh five. Now. You know, quite frankly, I mean, I I like Trump foreign policy. You you do something wrong, we we remind you we have the same capability, even more so than Russia does. Okay, and, and if what back down, so. But but I'm saying we're in the situation right now. Trump is not. Th- this is not like we can talk about Trump. We can talk about George. What George Washington would do. Okay, but I'm talking about today where we sit. All right. If, if, if the president already said, look, men, people aren't going in, we're not going in, we're not going in as NATO, okay, then 
story's over. Then we just got to wait for Russia to finally clean up, which is goes back to my original point where the Ukrainians should surrender and at least meet Putin at the table and on whatever Putin's asking, give them. Okay. And then because you're just going to cause, you're just going to, if you expand this out, look, if you expand this out for another two or three weeks and more people die and Putin wins and he winds up getting what he was asking for anyway, do you not think that Zelensky should be held accountable for getting all those people killed? I, when you say accountable, that's a very, um, well, how many people did Robert E. Lee get killed, Gary? Hmm. What do you mean? What do you What do you mean by that? Like what? Like during the conflict, because it was an actual conflict declared. The South was put in a state of rebellion. Isn't Ukraine not in a state of rebellion right now? Russia attacked, so yeah, it's even worse. So, but my point is, my point with that question is, is. If you know if you know the outcome is an in, inevitable, which most military tacticians and and people of that nature, even people who are a hundred percent pro Ukraine, have said that Ukraine is not going to withstand. If especially if again, if NATO doesn't get involved and other countries get involved, Ukraine is not going to last the Russian assault. Shouldn't Zelensky alleviate? the any further death and destruction by going to Putin and say, okay, let's talk, let's negotiate. Absolutely. Um I'm gonna say Absolutely. something that uh hits closer to home. Under your logic, the colonies would have never won, should never win, and we could have should have never tried to um get out of the UK. Get out of how, how do you figure? Because we, we got were, we got we foreign were, countries and we got foreign countries involved. Yeah, we, we we eventually did get it. That the that was the only way we won. Yes, but you're saying that. Well, if um, a small country can't at least fight to a stalemate, uh, you know, it, there's plenty of times when something has happened that was not predicted in war. The North Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese should not have oh, any chance. We, lo- we the lost big bad USA. Of politics. We lost in Vietnam because of politics, not because of the military. Uh, we weren't defeated militarily. Just like in Afghanistan, we weren't defeated militarily. It was the politics that lost the war. It wasn't. It wasn't the military. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that. Quite frankly, you're not going to find many leaders that are going to. To surrender because it doesn't look good. That's all I'm saying. So things happen. Quite frankly, that missile that uh, came within 10, 10 kilometers of uh, the Polish border, if that is uh, uh, fired into Poland, then you know it changes everything dramatically. So it's uh, you know you never know what's going to happen in war as you know you've been there we haven't i understand but are you going to go are, are we going to go if a if a random missile hits a farm in poland and kills two farmers okay are you are you ready to go to like defcon 5 that's what yours i mean that's what article 5 of the un chart of the nato says i'm sorry not UN, but the nato charter says so, you know, 
that's and you could now you could say that NATO should not have extended right up to the buffer of the old Soviet Union. I mean, Poland was part of the Soviet Union, so that's what I'm concerned with. Because if if um, Putin wants to annex more territory, uh, more toward the USSR uh, um, um, lines, that would include Poland and other countries that are currently in NATO. And that that would not uh, that would not be good. I I will say within the last week I I have thought that Putin's not going to go any further because he really can't. I think he underestimated his, his military. Um, he's they're having more trouble. Uh, what makes you say that? What what why well, do you think what, that? What I'm trying to say is, I think that his calculation of going into other countries a week ago, I thought he would have tried that i don't think he's going why, why to would you now. think that he would try that well where you get his, I, like we're, we're, how, how, i just no i'm, I'm who do you honestly, think you are todd who do you think no you are? no, no i'm curious i'm curious as to why you're 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 and i and i'll answer the questions myself i mean it's like but i'm i'm curious as to where and how you're getting these ideas and how you're postulating these ideas that he's going to like go into all these other countries and yeah i, I think that he wants to he wants either the Tsarist Russia back or he wants the USSR back, one of the two. And it doesn't even matter which one. But, but he wants to be Vladimir the Great in the Russian history books. And the only way you get that is by conquering countries. So, I mean, I think that's he's concerned about his legacy and that's what I think he wants, ultimately. No, I... I, I um... I think he's I think he's concerned about his regional from from what from what I see I think he's concerned about control within the region. I think there's a lot of economic and material issues and I think he sees the encroachment of the west as a major threat as he should. Um, because his country is has different culture cultural um, distinctions, and I know um, to find uh, encroachment from the West. Uh, being able to put nuclear like being able to put a nuclear missile right on his border in the Ukraine, I think that's an encroachment on the West. I the, encroachment was like holding football. <laughs> We were not going to do that in Ukraine. Maybe Poland. Well, why? Okay, so po- okay, Poland. What is Kaliningrad not right next to Poland? Russian territory, right? Not not right. The only Baltic seaport that and, that Russia owns. And do you really think we're going to bomb Russia or any part of Russia? Doesn't it, it doesn't matter what I think. It's what he thinks and his countrymen. That's the problem, Todd. This whole this this what? idea. Yes, what do he thinks? You're right. One person. The, the the problem is, is that everyone looks at the world through American lenses, and it's like, well, I wouldn't do that. It's like, well, it, it doesn't matter whether you would do that or not. I mean, that was the problem when we went to Iraq and Afghanistan. Hey, bro, here's some democracy and some hamburgers, man. Everybody loves hamburgers. What's your fucking problem, dude? 
you know, and they were like, bro, we don't, we don't do ham. We don't, we don't do hamburgers. We don't do democracy. And we're like, oh, bro, it's so cool. Like, just take it here. Just take it or I'm going to shoot you in the face. And they were like, shoot me in the face because we don't care. All right. And, and guess what? We spent 20 years there. And who's running the place? People who didn't want fucking hamburgers. All right. And surf wasn't up. And they don't give a shit about what we were doing or what we were saying or I could bring you the Internet. They did not care. Okay, and when you realize that there's other people on the planet who think a little bit differently, that's right? ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? <laughs> oh, other people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Okay, you're seeing. So I'm like, wait, Achievers? call me off guard there. Um, but like when you realize that, like they had no interest in anything we were bringing to them, and why? And and for the Russians to not think like that as well. I find that to be, um, especially when I get diversity, equity, and inclusion pumped down my throat every day, that God forbid another group of people don't think exactly like the way they're supposed to, like the Russians, that they're back. Okay? They have a right to think the way they want to think. Now, if they come into the United States and they want to invade the United States and drop nuclear bombs on the United States... And they want to ruin things that I got going on with my family. Todd, you're absolutely right. I'm the first one there. Hand me a rifle. Let's go. Okay. But if they have some sort of inner ethnic, inner religious, inner whatever conflict going on locally in their region with a bunch of players that they've had problems with or things or issues with for the last thousand years, I don't care. And I don't want to get involved. But the problem is you're trying to make it a one topic thing. What's going on in the world right now is everything is everything is kind of going to haywire. Quite frankly, you've got North Korea. You you can you can uh, ignore the the uh, Middle East. They're not going to bomb us. But you you talk about North Korea. You can talk about China. You can talk about um, all these places that you know see an opportunity right now, at least for the next couple of years, and that's a long time including Russia as well. Uh, you know, it's the concern is uh, something's going to happen that's going to make it come here, whether that's NATO or not. Uh, North Korea, quite frankly, I'm concerned about because I'm in on the West Coast for the closest uh, people to you think there. You think North Korea? Todd, come on. Okay, so. You don't think so? They, they just doesn't have intercontinental ICBM too. So, you know, it's so, really so, not good. So so I guess we better clear all the people out living in their tents so they don't get hit by the North Korean missile in Seattle. I've, I've, I've thought about building a bomb shelter. I have in the last week. Just... For yourself or for all the homeless people? <laughs> that was a good oh. That was good. Uh, and on that note, it's cold. You know, the other oh. thing is, is the the only reason why the world cares so much about what America is doing is because we're in everywhere's 
everybody's business doing stuff to begin with. That's why people care about America. If we weren't involved in so many places, nobody would care what we were doing in the first place. Well, isn't that Roosevelt's fault? Isn't that isn't that world, go back to World War II? Yeah, the whole the whole making of the world order after World War II is is why we're in the situation we're in today. Nobody ever wants to talk about that. I'd even go back even further. I'd go back to the League of Nations. That's when all this stuff really first started. Was this again? It was a uh, and I hate to give like ammunition to like the Nicole Hannah Jones of the world, but it's like it definitely is a Eurocentric thing where it's like we're gonna make the world one in this big globalist mess that we're in but it was you know this big cabal i mean you got the world economic forum you know it's like this this big blob and countries like russia don't want anything to do with it whether whether we like the whether the russians are good people or bad people or in between they go we don't subscribe to that and that's why our media says they're bad Okay, and when you put that nonsense right on its border and then you're going to militarize its border and then you're going to bring things to its border and the country says, don't do that. And they tell the Ukrainians, they're like, look, just stay neutral. Just you don't even have to like what we're doing, but just stay neutral. Don't take what they're given. Don't take what we're given. Just do your own thing. Okay. no, you got Joe Biden washing his money, getting his son appointed to companies in in the ukraine energy companies in the ukraine okay they're using the ukraine as a as a go-between to wash their dirty money okay nancy pelosi's son all right and we don't say that name on this podcast yeah i know i forgot that's twice you know, that's twice you got that. uh one of one of romney's main uh one of romney's main advisors is a former uh uh, chairman of the i think he was either on the board he was chairman of the board of burisma Okay, Uh, so you have a you have a a playground. Look, I'm just you're not going to I mean, you're not going to convince only because, look, I've had the privilege of being able to go to different places in the world in different times of my life, doing different things and interacting with many different people. I really I really have experienced true diversity, which is people in their own element, living their own lives. Okay, and there are people out there that do not care about McDonald's, gay marriage and Nike fucking sneakers. They don't they don't care. And if you give it to them and you push it on them, they get angry, they get aggressive, they get upset because it's either against their culture, it's against their values, it's against their norm or they're just not interested. Okay, And that's okay. And that's what makes this planet great. What about Coca-Cola? Right? No Coca-Cola either. Um, so. I don't understand. Until that. Americans get that, until Americans in general get that through their thick head and our elitists that rule our country get that through their thick head, um, which they do know. I know, they're not, I know they know this, right? But until that happens, you're going to have people worrying about conflicts like this because you're going to have conflicts constantly. And they're our own doing. Most of this stuff's our own doing. And I'm going to say, I think we're just back in the Cold War again. Now we've got Russia and China with an axis and the others yeah. are going to be the allies. So, so Gary, shut down that 
that uh, shot down that theory last week, Todd. I no, I, I uh, well, you were saying it was a multipolled. I just think Russia and China will be one pole. So you know, it's it's you know, I that's what it seems like. They're uh, they've been talking. They were talking at the Olympics. They're um, they're just going to be on one side. They're going to be on the other, just like you know, it happened for fifty or sixty years. So and. Uh, the difference was back then, not one shot was fired between the U.S. and the Soviets. We'll see what happens uh, this time. You know, so, so yeah. So I think we've uh, we've covered this. You guys have anything else or any uh, strand of this? Um, I'm excited that Tom Brady is not retiring. I am too. You guys hear that news? Yeah, that's I good. am too. And I'm even more excited that he's not playing for San Francisco because I can't stand San Francisco. And Garrett, where was Tom Brady when he made the, the decision? I just he was that. at. No, it was after, but he was at the man. I guess he was at the Manchester United game today. Right, he watched, yeah, yeah. He watched yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo score a hat trick at 37 years old. So he was like, "I can do that." Yeah, exactly. He, um, he, he's still got a lot in the tank, man. He's still very capable. He's not like Brett Favre out there, like, you know, pulling him up off the ground. He's 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 better than when he was in his 20s. He just is. Well, Brett Favre, yeah. Brett Favre was actually on, like, some pretty crummy teams towards the end of his career. That's why. I, you you know, watch. Oh, Brett- I'm not even knocking him. You just watched him get older. That's all I'm saying. He looked older. Like, Tom Brady's look older. He doesn't play older. He still plants his front foot and just fucking fires that shit. And breaks your chest. I mean, Tom Brady somebody... doesn't look like Joe Namath at the end of his career. I yeah, which all? Whoa, 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 whoa. Joe, Joe Namath, <laughs> easy does it here. Joe Namath had like a, his knee was so fucking shot by the time he went to the Rams that the guy had like nothing left. The guy had like nothing left in his knees. You can't, that's not even a comparison, bro. I know. I just, that's kind of a different time too. With different I, med- yeah, I mean, like medicine. seriously, that that was back when you could hit a quarterback. You can't look at a quarterback yeah. sideways now. Yeah, so I Tom Brady's made it to, to fifty years old. So. Well, of course, because they've changed the rules. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, the, the reason why Tom Brady didn't exist fifty years ago is because Tom Brady, the Tom Brady, would have never have made it fifty years ago. I agree with Tom that. Brady, there's a I lot about Tom Brady. Out of the two of you. I don't want to pull your chain, both of you. There's a lot about Tom Brady that's unique, though. Like, he never took the money. Every Whenever you, whenever the quarterback, you know, gets the opportunity, they take the money, and then the team can't play the, – the team can't pay the rest of the team. So the quarterback is rich as fuck but never wins anything. Tom Brady never did that. That's unique, very unique. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing. The uh, very admirable. You, I guess we're segueing into in sports. Uh which is really the main concern for most Americans right now, not whatever's happening in Mariupol. Uh, so we talked about it for an hour and a half. I mean, so no, I, and it's like, I don't even really care to be honest. So, uh, but the thing about the thing about Brady, um, not taking the money. There's the famous story about, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the reason why they had to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Because at the time, I think Brady was making $10 million. He sucks. And, 
And had they had they picked up Jimmy Garoppolo's option when he was the backup quarterback to um, Brady, Garoppolo would have made twenty four million or something like that. So your backup quarterback would have been making twenty four million dollars, and your starter would only have been making ten. So that's why they had to trade Garoppolo because it would have triggered if they had kept him on the roster. Some crazies. I, I thought I remember I read something. Like better that. off. It he would've... sucks. Doesn't yes, matter. you're right. And Sayonara. That would have been a very bad mistake on the Patriots' part, as we we have seen. So yeah, it's well. Uh... Bill Belichick's greatest thing he ever did was uh, tr- get all of his uh, backup quarterbacks to get picked up as starters in the league, so then he could go beat the crap out of those teams. I mean, think about all Tom Brady's backups, and none of them really have done shit. You've what about all the? All the coaches on the coaching staff all got these huge jobs elsewhere, and they were all horrible. Like none of them, none of them had any success at all. Um, well, that's not true. Vrabel's done pretty good in Tennessee, so Vrabel's been okay in Tennessee. It can't kill Vrabel. Vrabel's won some playoff games up there, at least. Yeah, but, but he's um, a former player, so I can. Uh, but I thought he were, he was on he was on the staff for like a year or two. Oh right? yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, that Patricia so, dude. Well, yeah, Patricia, Patricia wound up stinking, and then Josh, oh, Josh McDaniel. Um, but I was gonna say, look at all the backup quarterbacks that got starting jobs that are like terrible. You've got Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Garoppolo. Castle still in the league? No, no. Um, you just go through the list and like Bill Belichick's got to be laughing because he's like, let me draft this backup quarterback. He's going to be terrible, but someone's going to trade me two picks for him because they think he's Tom Brady's heir. And I I could beat that team for three years. Exactly. You know, 4D chess, bro. That's so true. And the Patriots are not too bad now. So but uh, I will say, well, maybe, when you got the Jets and the Dolphins in your division, that's what I would say. Yes. Good. Why didn't uh, one of you, um, those two teams get Russell Wilson? That should have happened. <laughs> but uh, where did he get traded to? Uh, Broncos. Are, are you uh, upset about that, Todd? I am very upset. Yes. Really? I, you had to see it coming. So I would have gotten rid of the coach and, and uh, Carol's past his prime. He's 70. I think the league has passed him up. We chose a 70-year-old coach over a quarterback. But cheating coach, right? A convicted no. cheating coach. He's, a, he's well, you know. It's, uh, well, oh, here we go, Todd. In college, oh, yes. Cold. It's the Cold War again. That was, go. Fucking that was, dirty. Not, that was not my team. That not, not giving the college. ball. Not giving the ball to beast mode on the one yard line at the end yeah. of the fucking yeah. Super Bowl. We should have been a two time yeah. champion. You know, I, I was at, I'll just say it, I was at the house party with uh, several people and uh, I could not believe it. So it's, yeah. Nobody none of us could, you know. The whole so. world, the people in Afghanistan couldn't believe it, right, Gary? Yeah. And that was the only time they ever watched football. And that's why they'll never watch it again. It's a Pete Carroll. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. They were like, hi, Ahmed. How does he not have the ball to beast mode? I fucking bombed the Americans. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
silly Americans. This is, a, this is why Americans is shit. <laughs> How you not handball? This is beast mode. Why they call him beast if you not give beast the ball? Uh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's so true. But I, I was going to trust the Americans never. No deal. Build the nuke. Yeah, thanks, Pete Carroll. Totally ruined world peace. Thanks, Dick. And the Seahawks. I, I, you know, look, let's be real. Russell Wilson, a, a bit overrated, was on a great team with a great defense. He's that he year. Is pretty, he is pretty awesome, though. He is. He's overrated. He's he's overrated. He does that. a he 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 makes look. When you catch an honest Seattle Seahawks fan, they'll tell you how many times. Yeah, how many times does Russell Wilson make an amazing play? Sure, happens a game or two. But how many times does Russell Wilson get himself into trouble and then he has to make that amazing play to get them back I, into the game? So I'm just so. saying, I won't argue that. Let me just say that as a, and we're both Jets fans, Gary, for 40 years, right? 80 plus years combined of Jets fandom here. I'm sorry about that. We know what bad football looks how, like. How can you say anything negative about Russell Wilson? I mean, come on. Yes. Taking, I'm not I saying mean, anything. On. Look, I'm, I again, I'm being. I'm talking to all the naysayers here. that like I'm a fucking Jets fan. Like you know, Russell Wilson. Uh, look, is no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm not. Look, I wasn't saying I wasn't taking the Super Bowl away from him, but what I was saying is that he is a he's a bit overrated. Okay, I, I disagree. I think he's a bit he's a bit overrated. Look, I watched a lot of Seahawks football. He's a bit overrated. Yes, he will do a creative play. He'll stand on his head. He'll do some crazy things out there. But I've watched games that they should have won that he's lost because he'll do a thing where he's trying to do a crazy play. And a lot of times when the Seahawks were winning, people were like, all right, it's it's no big deal. It's a loss. We lost by like three points. We lost by seven, whatever. Russell shouldn't have made that throw, whatever. We're going to win the next game by 20, right? They'd win the next game by 20. It would kind of be like forgotten about when the when the Seahawks weren't as good as they used to be within the last couple of years and he was doing the same kind of plays or they couldn't score, uh, they would blame the receivers. They would blame, you know, whoever. And he never really got any of the blame. And then when he started to get some of the blame within the last year or two and his contract was getting close to coming up, he was like, I want to be out. He mean, he was kind of like, I'm, I'm not really feeling the Seattle thing anymore. And so, I mean, I thought you said it correctly, Neil. It's like it, it wasn't not to be expected. And then to get upset about it, like, look, say what you want to say about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll basically stole – I I mean, I, when I saw what Denver gave up for Russell Wilson, that's like armed robbery, bro. They gave up like two or three first round. It's like great, giving up picks in the NFL. Here's what other well, people think, don't understand. Well, they think they're – let me just say this. They think they're a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. Okay. So they're, they're giving up the farm to. to okay. You think Russell Wilson's going to beat Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Uh, yeah, I think he could. <laughs> okay. I don't know what you you think he's like Zach Wilson or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't think Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson is elite, elite quarterback. I don't. I don't. He's not beating Pat Mahomes twice. Pat Mahomes. First of all, the, the first half of the year they were terrible, and then they always come out of the gate slow. So who's to say can't play him in October? And beat the shit out. So there's one game right there. Don't roll your eyes. I, I, I think you asked me a question. He's I going you to a very answer. competitive. He's going to a very competitive division 
Um, and he's playing, he's not playing against the, uh, the Matt Leinerts, the, uh, rises to the top, baby, you know, he needed to get out of the AFC West. Cause that's, uh, what's his face's division now? Uh, the guy from St. Louis or LA or how whatever. Many, yeah. How many quarterbacks would you put in front of Russell Wilson in the league right now? He's up there, dude. He's, he's elite. He, he I'd say, yeah, he's top 10. He's not top five. He's, he's top six. I mean, come on. That's Russell Wilson. Uh, we've done this in Seattle. It's about, he's probably around six or seven. Yeah. He's right there. He's right there. So. Yeah, I just said top 10, yeah. but he's not top five. Is he better than uh, Deshaun? Yes. Oh, there's a rumor the Seahawks are interested in Deshaun Watson. There you go. If that happened, that would be fire in seattle i mean both just sides, don't be so. hey just don't be a massage therapist in seattle because the sean's gonna <laughs> he's acquitted of all charges oh yeah yeah well hey man get yourself a good lawyer right. well i i will say i'm gonna uh do my hot take of the night russell wilson went down when he got married there i said it <laughs> because he started not to actually Worry about football, and he tried to be a mogul. Oh, she's so and, hot. You know, but, oh, but bro, he, he used to be all about football, then he went Hollywood. Yeah. I think I, I, I don't, I don't see Denver. I don't see. I don't. Uh, how old is Russell? Thirty-two. He's about thirty-two, somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, he's a baby. Come on. Tom Brady's like 60 and he's playing. You're going to compare Russell Wilson to Tom Brady, dude. All right. I'm getting off the, I'm getting off the call. I'm getting off. uh, (laughs) Hey, again, as a Jets fan, at least they both have Super Bowl uh, pedigree. The Jets don't. Yeah, but that's like, that's easy. That's saying like water's wet. You know, that's. How do you saying the Jets don't have Super Bowl pedigree. I mean, that's like uh, every year. It's well, like, as a Jets we, fan, I, you know, I look up to, you know, Russell Wilson. I'm not – look, I'm not – I'm just trying to be uh, – put things in perspective here. That's all. So am I. If we're going to talk – if we're going to talk about, you know, Russell – let's talk about Russell Wilson. You compare him to the Jets, it's like, yeah, of course. Of course. Oh, Okay. Uh, I'm not. Hey, I'm not Gary, picking. No, no, Gary, hang on, would hang you on, ever want on. Russell Wilson no, no, no. to be the quarterback on the Jets? Like, but yes, of course. I'm not like That's... going to the like the, the the deepest places just to prove a point. I'm going from where I where I come from. You know, I'm not picking the worst team in the league just because they're the worst team in the league. I'm talking about my team. It has been my team for four right. years. So what's your point? So that still doesn't change the fact he's a top ten quarterback, not a top five quarterback. You watch shit football. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 I mean, what do you want to say? I spend more time watching the Seahawks than I do the Jets. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, uh, I mean, that's the other thing with Kyler Murray down here in uh, in Zona. Like, he's a bit. Yeah. I don't know about he's him. A bit, he's a bit. He's a bit overrated. Look, well, people don't kid. like he's the a child. He's a child. But okay, well, when he gets to the point where he's worth what he's rate, yeah, okay. Look, look, are you rating potential or are you rating what the guy's doing right now? Because right now, he's overrated. And now if you're talking about his potential, yeah, it's through the roof. But I, w- I was, and Todd remembers these conversations. 
because Todd remembers these conversations because our a very good friend of ours is a big Oakland A's fan. And we and I said that Kyler Murray was better off playing pitching for the Oakland A's than he was playing football. Because he was drafted by Oakland, he could have would have gotten nine million just right off the bat. And what baseball contract or what is he? And, is he a reliever? Is he a starter? He's a starter. He would have been he would have been uh he would have gotten nine million off the bat. And then a baseball contract is like, there's nothing better. If you can ever, Stupid. if you ever get an opportunity in, in your life to sign a contract and it's like a baseball contract, yeah. sign it. I don't understand. I don't know what his family life is like, but if he was my son, like the quarterback is like one of the most dangerous professions. I mean, you get fucking slaughtered by these 350 pound dudes that, you know, run a thousand yeah, miles but as an mu- hour. And like, as much, as much as I'm a baseball guy, look, let's be real. Football is America's sport. Yeah, but show me the money and your safety. I'd say, I mean, pitching is not safe either, I suppose, but I would say it's safe. Well, I guess he was, you know, he's afraid, right? All it takes is one time, blows his arm out, and that's it, right? Then he can't play football or baseball, and he's done, right? Or football. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Football is more dangerous to me. I I, I don't know, unless, unless, like, he couldn't hit, or I don't know, something happened baseball wise where they were just like, maybe he just loves football, but. I'm just saying, you're talking about nine million dollars just to just to walk in the door. I mean, the the problem kind of is quality of life. I would think too. I thought that was the signing, but wasn't it nine million? Was the signing if he had yeah, signed for Oakland, was, the signing bonus was like nine and a half million or something. It was like, like nine million. million. Yeah. The so the wow. problem is if you're trying to balance, yeah, yeah, you can uh, uh, tear your arm. You you can uh, have a career-ending injury, but your life's going to be okay. But with uh, with the constant hits that you take in football, you may have a shorter and not as good of a life afterward. So exactly. what, what do you want to do? So it's it's a balancing act. I would be like uh, you. I would always pick baseball, guaranteed contract, less physical contact, all of that. Um, but some people just want. Like you say, football is more glorious in certain maybe ways. Lo- yeah, I mean, even love. if he, I mean, if I, if you gave me nine and a half million to walk in the door, Ooh. and I gave it two or three years, and I couldn't break into the majors, or I couldn't get steady work, or whatever, or I wasn't going to get that big contract, then you go into football, and you're still what twenty seven. How old is he now? He's like young as shit, isn't he? Yeah, work, yeah, he's work for like Tebow. Seven right now, or something like that. Well, yeah, well, Tebow's, te- you know, Tebow's different, but like. You know, hey, hey, look, look, if, in three years, he's not going to be – he's still going to be as fast as he is now, right? I mean, because that's the whole thing, his speed and everything. It's not like that's going to diminish so greatly in three years, especially if he hurt his arm, right? That's not – or if he, like, could – right? If his thing was, like, couldn't velocity and control or something like that, and they were just like, look, bro, you're never going to make it past AAA. Go, okay, I'm going to go play football. So – yeah, and you still have that nine million in the bank. You're fine. Yeah, ex- exactly. They would well, give you whatever. nine million to, and then tell once you you're you not going to make once it. Once you sign that nine million, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm just saying, why would they offer him that kind of money if they didn't think he could be a starter in the in the well, to they, lock him in? They thought he was a number one pick, so they would have given him the signing bonus. They were offering him that, so yeah, that's in the bank. They're not oh, taking wow. that away. So, dude, when we were growing up, they gave that kid from Ocean County. Uh, 1.5 million to sign for the Brewers as a high schooler. He took the deal 
And he never made – he never – I don't even think he made it out of, like, rookie ball. This woman that I play in – I play bass for her in her band sometimes. She heard her nephew, who's a senior in college, just signed a million-dollar signing bonus with the Royals. It's a lot of money. She's 20 years old, 21 years old. It's a lot of money, man. Just to walk in the door. Yeah, just to walk in the door. That's why baseball. That's why it's like a, but a one million like, versus nine million. That's what I mean. Like, why would they give nine million? Because because he was like that highly rated of a product. Like he, yeah. so like that kid, they're giving a million. He probably has to go to rookie ball or double A or something like that. They basically were telling Kyler Murray, like, you're gonna do half a season in triple A, and then you're you're in this, you're gonna start. You're gonna be in the pros. You know, like you're a pro, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's what, what they're I mean, saying. Yeah. Right, and that's how highly – and my point is, is like even if they he washed out a triple-A, let's say he never even got hurt and just washed out in a year or two, it's like, bro, you still could go play football. So that's why I was surprised that he just took the leap. And, like, I don't know if that was suggestion or whoever, but I'm with Todd or whoever said it. Like, if, I, if that's my kid, I'm like, bro, you're playing ba- – you're giving baseball Absolutely. three years of your life. Yeah. Let them hit the – let them hit the line drive at your skull at 150 miles an hour. Get out of the way. That happens once every blue moon, but not very often. So, yeah. A little leaguer, so anyway, a little uh, leaguer dies with a baseball to the chest every once in a while, you know. So, uh, you guys want to wrap it up? Do you guys? That's a, yeah, that's about on? it, right? So, you know, so Tom Brady's didn't retire. Um, what's his name? Russell Wilson's gone. Gary Sanchez is gone. Ukraine is gone. Breaking. Wasn't Gio Urshela? Wasn't Gio? No, Gio Urshela was cut from Cleveland. Because that's yeah. how the Yankees wound up with him anyway. They must have traded him. He must. They must have had to put him in there to sweeten the deal for Sanchez. I don't know why else they would have got rid of him. Sanchez can't hit. He sucks. And then he doesn't want to. He's like lazy. He doesn't want to learn. And then he just like doesn't want to speak English and shit. He's like a, he's like a pain in the ass. It's good that the Yankees got rid of him. I'm not too broken up about it. It's a geo thing. I don't, I don't, I don't love. But they, that's what I'm saying. They must have had to sweeten the deal. Yeah, but I thought, or I thought you guys had like a, uh, I thought you guys had a log jam over there anyway at like third and short. I thought you had a bunch of good prospects and everything. But Geo was a starter. Who? It was Geo was the best one by far, and he's young. What did he start at short? No, he was a third baseman. Awesome third baseman. I said there's only one or two other guys better than him in the league right now. Awesome third base. Who's the guy you got playing short now? It was um he came up from your minors. Yeah, no, he only played for a little while. It was supposed to be um Torres, but Glaber Torres, but he proved to not be so great. Don't even get me started on. I don't that's a whole other episode because that's the whole <laughs> DD Gregorius thing, which drives me fucking insane. But um my DD rants, but anyway. But I digest. Yes. All right, let's end it here. Okay, lead us out. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to Review the News, where we make uh, the news make sense to you. Uh, We appreciate all of our listeners. Even if it's just one, it's still one more than that asshole on Twitter said we had. So thank you out there. Um, uh, You can find us at Review News 1000 on Twitter, or you can Google Review News 1000, and we will come up on Spotify, Anchor, or uh, anywhere else where you can hear us. Gary, why don't you ask him to, to come on the show? Uh, no. 
I mean, I can, but he'll yeah. probably say no. So let me have, yeah. let me, let me add him. Give me a couple minutes with him. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And uh, we still up on Facebook or what? That is that page. Uh, that page is like uh, when you go on. Yeah, no, we've been companies. doing. We've been Todd and I have been plugging away. And uh, nice. and, and I wanted to say, I guess, thanks for noticing. First of all, but I don't know if, if we said this today, but we were, we thought Thomas was coming on today, so we hope he didn't show up. So we hope he's well. And we hope we see him soon. Yeah, he messaged me during the show. He apologized, and uh, we'll catch up. So we hope hope to have him on. Maybe we'll have to do a special episode this week. So I'll text you guys for your schedule. I'm sure, he's bummed he missed all the sports tonight. <laughs> yeah i'm sure all right that's it all right guys lots of fun